0: back in and find a seat hope everybody had an awesome week enjoyed some nice weather finally um this morning we have a privilege we have um one of our missionaries that we've supported actually it's our i believe it's our longest standing missionary which is roger and margaret clark in haiti and uh, we've had a number of trips that have from our church that have gone down to Haiti over the years, so we've been able to see their work there and see everything that they have going on. Um, so we're super excited to have them here this morning. Would you guys welcome Roger and Margaret?
1: Well, good morning. I'm happy to be here, and I will tell you this: it makes me feel very old. But the first time I stepped into this church here in Warsaw was. Um, Forty years ago, <laughs> makes me feel very old. You didn't have this building, of course. You were over there, and I had just finished at Elam, and I came here as a nursing student at the hospital, and um, this is where I chose to go to church. So it's been a long time, long-term relationship with this church. I'm thankful for that. And this morning, I'm here to tell you <clears throat> that God is faithful, and I see that you already know that. But it's a good thing to say over and over again. God is faithful. faithful. Um, It's been about four years since we've been here and told you anything about us so I'm going to recap the four four years in five minutes. That's what I got, five minutes. We'll (laughs) see how I do here. 2020 was the year of COVID. 2021 was the year of gangs in Port-au-Prince. 2022 was the year of adjustments and 2023 has been the year of the fuel crisis in Haiti. So, in 2020, during COVID, we learned to work remotely from home. The Bible College, where Roger is the director and we have about 80 students each year, we had to learn to put our courses online and teach over the telephone so people could continue their classes. It was a big learning curve for us older generation people. In 2021, in June of 2021, June 1st, We left our home with our suitcases to come to the United States to visit for one month. That morning, that afternoon, the gangs moved into our neighborhood, and all of our neighbors fled their homes with the clothes on their back. That's God's faithfulness and provision. He removed us from that situation. Since June of 2021, we have not been able to return to our home. It's been almost two years. And that has been a difficult transition for us. Um, At first, we stayed longer in the States, trying to figure out what to do. And then we realized God had provided a place for us. Because in 2020, actually, way back in 2010, we had purchased, I had some inheritance, and we had purchased a piece of property on the south coast of Haiti, which is actually facing the Caribbean Ocean, which is a beautiful spot. We bought a banana grove, and we started cutting down the trees, and the grass came up, and we had coconut trees and grass, and we had built a little shack, like you would have in your backyard for your lawnmower and your tools. And we would go down there, and we'd stay for the weekend in the little shack, and then we'd go back to the city. It was our getaway. But in 2020, we had... um, well, we had our lovely stimulus checks from the U.S. government and we had sold a litter of nine puppies and we had some special gifts and so we thought it's time to start building our retirement home on this little piece of property because that's where we want to retire. And so we had enough to build one room. So we built one room with cement blocks and a cement roof and it's, uh, it was 24 by 14, one room with the porch and we thank God it was going to be our our getaway home because we're not ready to retire yet and so we were going to go instead of staying in the shack we'd stay in this little bit nicer house one room and um, that was in 2020 and in 2021 we realized we can't go back to our home in the city but we have a we have a house on the beach we can go stay at the beach And we could drive back and forth as needed into the city. It's about a three-hour drive from our beach to the city. So we packed up our suitcases and we went to our beach home with only what you can carry. And God provided absolutely everything we needed to set up this house because the house had a bed. And that was it. We didn't even have an indoor bathroom until... Christmas time, but God provided. And um, so 2022 was a year of adjustments. We we not only lost our home in Port-au-Prince, but what we really lost was all of our relationships. We lived in that house for 25 years. We knew all of our neighbors, All of our workers that worked in the Bible school came to the house there because the Bible school was in the same building. Every day we saw our co-workers. We had an English-speaking church that we attended. All of that we lost. And we're stuck in this new town where we don't know anybody. And we don't know how to do things. And we don't even have an indoor bathroom or running water. (laughs) But you know... God provided. And so we really grieved for several months. First, first, we didn't grieve because we were just hoping that things would change. You know, you hope that it will just change and everything will go back to what it was. Well, after several months, we realized that wasn't going to happen. And then we, we really grieved. And then, maybe six months after we went down there, we thought, you know, we really need to reach out and find some new friends. <laughs> And, and, and so it was adjustments, adjustments. This past year, we've had a fuel crisis. From August until almost Christmas time, we were not able to travel into the city because there was either no fuel available for vehicles or it was extremely costly, like $10 a gallon, um, and we couldn't afford to go in. And there was no reason for us to go in because the Bible school couldn't function because there was no transportation for the students to come in either. Um, Why was there a fuel crisis? Well, the gangs had taken over the fuel tanks on the wharf and they were not releasing any of the fuel to the country. That was the biggest thing. And even now, the fuel is regulated by we're not sure who so that sometimes there's fuel and sometimes there isn't. Um, We're still in the midst of this. But God has been faithful. God has been faithful. Last June, we had 24 graduate from the Bible college. Five-year program. They have a bachelor's degree in theology. That's amazing in the midst of all of this, that that could happen. This year, we have, I think, 25 first-year students just starting out. And they're coming to school, and they're you know, they pay something to come to school. They pay for their transportation. They pay for their tuition. It's amazing. I can't believe that we have 25 students who actually can do this, because inflation has gone berserk in Haiti. It's just through the roof. Everything is so expensive. But God is providing, and God is calling people to come and study his word. We're thankful for that, for his provision. Um, Uh, One last provision I'm gonna share with you. It was a miracle for us. When we went to leave Haiti, we decided to come to the States. I had my tickets from Port-au-Prince to the United States and beyond, but what I didn't have was a way to get from our town of Jacmel to Port-au-Prince to catch that plane. You can't drive because it's too dangerous. You have to go through the gang area to get there. Um, that would have been plan A. Plan B would have been to take a small plane from the town of Jacmel where we live into Port-au-Prince and then switch to the big plane. But the week that we wanted to fly, all the planes were down for maintenance. These are like little 10-seater planes. They're all down for maintenance, so there's no flights. So plan C, we took our car and we drove to another town five hours away, spent the night, Took a 30-seat a plane from that town into Port-au-Prince and then to Miami and then on. Um, but when we were driving, we got halfway up into the mountains. You never know what's going to happen up there. There's a roadblock. We arrived at 10 o'clock. The road had been blocked since 6 a.m. And they were protesting something. And the traffic was backed up. The police came. They We, we were praying because I said, God, we have to get out of here, we have to get to the airport, we can't miss our flights. (laughs) And uh, the police came, they had a little powwow with the people who were protesting, they discussed some things, finally the police drove away and they said, go, 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 and so Roger just went. I'm like, you don't wanna be first, he's like, no, we're going. So we drove through, it was a little um, unsettling, a little stressful at the moment, We thought we were going to get caught between two roadblocks. But the roadblock was open. We went through, and they closed it up again, three cars behind us. So I just thank the Lord that we were able to get through. He made a way for us. And I could tell you stories of, I don't know how many times over the years, God has made a way for us. He's opened the roads. He's moved things out of the way. Um, The danger has been behind us. God is faithful. And Roger and I, we've been in Haiti for 37 years, I think, something like that. Yeah. Um, and God has been faithful. And we have never lacked for anything that we needed. He is faithful, faithful, faithful. We have a short video we're going to show you, and then Roger's going to come share with you. Thanks.
2: <laughs> Great job. Be uh, short. it and turned it into actually a video, not a PowerPoint presentation. Oh, yeah. And I told them to send it back send to it me. back to so you. So I can send it to the
3: <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's going great. Usually, they churches can't get their I do see it here, but yeah, I hear you.
3: But I, I do.
2: Well, when I do pray requests, I'll make my job. Hopefully. I need you. Just right there on the side of Johnson for me. take
3: (laughs) that (coughs) picture
2: Good morning. Good morning. How, are, how is everyone this morning? Good. Glad to be here. Uh, I'm going to try to use my phone, which I don't usually use uh, to read a Bible scripture, but uh, we're just glad to be here this morning, and uh, we just appreciate your your prayers for us and your faithfulness in giving to us all these years. We just praise the Lord for your faithfulness and uh, so I can see that I need to be quick on my message. Now nah, I'll be fine. Uh, so I have a couple questions leading into my message. And the first question is, are, are, are you living for today? Are you living for today? Is the world your home? For, for whom are you living? I think these are important questions as believers and as people in general, and we can look in uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. Actually, we'll start with, with verse 19. It says, their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. So, what I want you to think about today and remember today that we are not just citizens of the United States of America or whatever country that you may be a citizen of, but we are citizens already, not future, present, we are already citizens of heaven and therefore we need to remain connected as citizens of heaven sometimes we disconnect our citizenship we don't value our citizenship but we are citizens of the kingdom of god and we and so you know no matter what status your country is in no matter what difficulties your country may be facing and you maybe you're not as pleased to be a citizen as you used to be because of the things that are happening. But we have a citizenship that is greater than the citizenship we have of this world. And that is that we are citizens of heaven. And we need to keep that perspective. 1 Peter chapter 2.11 says that we are aliens and strangers in this world. And I think we forget that and it's easy because we are living in this world and our bodies in this world and there's so many needs and so much going on and we can become comfortable and 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 uh, and and accept this is this is this is life but there's more to life than life on earth and we need to have our mindset that we are not only citizens but we are aliens here uh, not like from outer space but we are aliens we are we are just passing through. And we need to keep that perspective in our life. The most important thing in life is our knowing Jesus as our Savior and Lord. That's what's most important. Secondly is loving our neighbors as Jesus loves our neighbors. But also, a thing that's very important that we need to do is keep our eternal perspective and make a difference for eternity. Because we need to make an impact on this world for eternity. Because that is our mission. That is the mission. That is the command. That is is our purpose as citizens of Jesus Christ. Is that we will make an eternal difference. And that we will live as citizens of the kingdom of God. We live and are part of the greatest kingdom of any world because we have the greatest king, which is God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, he told them to ask that God's kingdom come and God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's make that our daily prayer we need to pray daily that God's will be done here on earth because, that, because the kingdom of God is here. It's not coming, it's here. And we are citizens of that kingdom and we need to live as citizens of that kingdom and that we need to make an eternal impact. Those things that are temporal will take back, should take back, back seat to those things which are eternal, those things which are of everlasting value. We are to to leave an eternal legacy. Is that your desire, to leave an eternal legacy? We all, you know, those who have great successes and all this stuff, they, they want to leave a legacy for their children, leave a legacy for the world. And there are many people who are honored today because of the legacy that they have left. But we need to leave a legacy that's going to endure forever. Uh, and there are some people in the Bible who, who actually uh, lived and left an eternal legacy. And one of those people is Noah. Noah, who saved his family from and humanity from total annihilation, from total destruction. And uh, says the Bible says the world will be destroyed. It was destroyed under Noah, but it's going to be destroyed again. And even as Noah brought his family into the ark, we need to bring people into the family of Jesus Christ. It's the responsibility of all of us who are citizens of the kingdom. It's not the responsibility of the few. That's the responsibility of all of us. And so just by simple obedience, Noah was no preacher. I mean, they, they, yes, he did preach. I shouldn't say that. But Noah was not some renowned person. He was not some celebrity. I guess he maybe became a celebrity because of what he did. But Noah was obedient and believed what God told him and did what God told him Therefore, he left an everlasting thing, everlasting a legacy to us, to the world. The second person we could look at would be Joseph. Joseph, because of his purity and faithfulness, saved God's chosen people. Just by being pure and faithful, he was able to save God's people. There is a spiritual famine in the land today because if you look at the story of Joseph, we know that Joseph was raised up in God's perfect plan to save the people of Israel and the world at that time uh, And that was going to be a great famine. And there is a great famine here in this land and around the world today. The Bible says that, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And there is the famine. People are not eating the bread of life. They are not receiving the bread of life. And there there is a physical famine that actually is happening around the world. But the greater famine that we see is a spiritual famine. And there are people that we may not know who are hungry, and they may not even know that they are hungry. There's many people who are starving in the world spiritually, but don't realize that they are in a famine, that they are without nourishment. I'm no doctor, but I believe that there's a point that a person will arrive at who, haven't, who hasn't had food for a certain amount of time where they will be actually starving, but they will not be hungry. They will actually be dying, but they're not hungry. There's a point that your body just, goes into that mode. And, 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 and there's people in, in the United States of America and around the world who don't realize that they're starving, that they are dying, that not very soon may be their last breath, not just physically, but they're, they're dying spiritually. They are already dead spiritually, and they don't realize that, and we need to show them the way by our faithfulness and by our life of purity. Moses is another example. We all know the story of Moses who delivered God's people out of bondage. And there are many people today who are in bondage. You yourself may be in bondage. We are bound by certain things. We are enslaved to certain things. Uh, Our minds are enslaved. Our our way of life, we are enslaved. We don't see slavery, so to speak, today. But we are bound. People are bound by so many things. And they need to be set free. And we who are the people of God, we who are part of the kingdom of God, we who are citizens of of the kingdom of heaven, that we need to help them be set free. And There's people in the church who are bound. We as believers need to help them be set free. There are people who have not yet come to Christ who need not only be set free from from death to life, but they need to be set free from the other things that bind them. And then, of course, we have other examples. Peter, James, John, and Paul who were instrumental in in advancing the gospel of the whole known world of that day. Uh, Of course, we have Jesus, who's the the epitome of example of, of making... Uh, 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 of, of leaving eternal legacy and something of eternal value, which was life and life more abundantly in Jesus Christ i 'd like this to look at some practical ways that we can make an eternal difference because it 's easy to talk about it it 's easy to say i 'm going to I hear what you 're saying, yes, we need to think that way we need to think think in e- an eternal perspective. I, and that's why I'm trying to get you to understand we need to have an eternal perspective on everything and anything we do. And, uh, and this and by doing that, we can make an eternal difference and leave an eternal legacy. And one of the ways we can do that is simply by living a godly life. Uh, we could do that by soul winning. And uh, you may not say that you're a soul winner, but you know, it doesn't really, you don't have to be a soul winner or an evangelist to win someone to Christ. You can do that just by sharing your testimony of how you came to Christ Jesus and by living a godly life. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11 through 12 says, 1 Peter 2, 11 through 12, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles, abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. That's all of us. That verse is for all of us. And by doing that, we can make an eternal difference. We can leave an eternal legacy. Another way is by showing the love of God because the Bible says they will know that we are disciples of Christ by our loves one for another. And of course that love is not only in word, it needs to be in deed, it needs to be in our attitude. And uh, we can, we got to watch our attitudes. Uh, Then you know, um, I have to watch my attitude, especially today in the, the way politics is in, in 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 the United States of america and around the world that we can get a real attitude against those who don't think like we do politically that boy those guys are you know there's no help for them they're way out there you know and 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 we when we begin to speak badly about them we we we, we, we think badly about them and we have a bad attitude and and uh, instead of praying for them, instead of loving them, loving that person who doesn't believe politically or, or, or think politically the same way that you think, you know, because I know politics is a hot thing uh, in the United States of America and especially this last election that happened was a very hot topic and, and, and people were very intense about what was happening and so, so intense that we, we couldn't really sit down with other people who didn't think the same way that we did. And, and we're even afraid to talk politics because we're afraid that the reactions that we would get. Uh, I personally can't talk politics with my daughter because she doesn't look at it as I do. Uh, but, you know, and so I've learned to, you know, I love my daughter still, and I'll still sit down with her, and I still love her, but uh, we don't talk politics, but it never ends up a very good situation. But uh, another thing we can do is standing for truth and righteousness. This is essential in this day because truth has been thrown to the side of the road. Truth has become relative. It's what what we believe is true is true. And if you believe it's true, nobody else can tell you it's not true. And if you try to tell me it's not true, well, well, it's true. And you can say whatever you want to say that Try to convince me otherwise, but often no, it's true. you know you just don't you just don't get it, you know. And so but where, where is truth? Truth is in the Word of God. That is where truth is. And if we want to walk in truth and know the truth, we need to know the man of truth, Jesus Christ, and we need to be in the Word of God. and we, and, and I encourage you, be in the word, be in the word. We often neglect the word. We're talking about people who are are in a famine. There's a famine even in the church because people are not eating the word of life. They are not meditating on the scriptures and taking those scriptures to heart and living out those scriptures. And we can get so busy and we can get so concentrated on other things that we neglect the word of God. Do not neglect the word of God. For it is the truth. And we must live righteously. And what what does a righteous life look like? Well, look at the Bible. The Bible will tell you what's a righteous life. Whatever God says is right, that's right. And if we do what the Bible says is right, then we are walking in righteousness. That's as simple as that. So if you're doing what the Bible is not telling you to do, then you're not walking in righteousness. Um, Of course, we have a great example in the Bible, Daniel and his three friends uh, who stood up in the the midst of a a kingdom that was wicked and and served idols, and and they took, not a chance, but they were willing to die for the principles that God had given them. And we know that Shadrach, Meshach was thrown in the fire and how God delivered them. But they said whether God delivers us or not doesn't matter because we're going to stick to what God has told us and taught us. And same with Daniel. Daniel remained faithful in prayer even though they told him not to pray to anybody but the king and therefore he was thrown into the lion's den. We know those stories. And so... We as a believers we must not compromise what we know is true. We must not compromise our our lifestyle as a Christian. We must not compromise what is right, what is true, what God has told us to do. And the world is pressuring us in so many ways to conform to them. And and uh, but the Bible says that we are we are of this world but not. We're in this world, but not of this world, and so it's a constant battle. It's not easy because you have family, friends, and everybody else telling you this is the this is what's right, this is what's right, this is okay, this is fine. And 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 it, and if you don't, certain certain things that if you push back on, you know, oh, well, I'm not going to do that, and then you get persecuted are you being persecuted is the church of Jesus Christ being persecuted in the United States i think it is are you personally being persecuted because if you're not then well maybe you should look at at your your way of life because maybe you're too too close to the world maybe you are too silent we as a church have become silent Especially in the past few years, I think in the United States, the church has become silent because of the extreme right who are pushing their agenda. And if we say anything against the extreme right there, the, the extreme left, am I getting right? Left or right? The liberals. Okay. Extreme liberals. I get them confused. They're not right there, so they're not left. Anyway, whatever. Uh, I get that uh, mixed up sometimes. But anyway, so you know they're pushing their agenda you know and and if we speak up against it they have no pity on you they'll trash you you know if you're on a, if you're part of a school board and you and you speak up against some of these things you may no longer be a part of that board if you're in a workplace and you're and you're speaking the truth what is in God's word and you're saying this is what we are to how we are to live. This is what God has has how God has made us. This is His plan. We may lose our job. You know what's coming to that. You know uh, uh, if you're a parent and you're on the parents. Uh, what do they call the parents? Huh? Uh, PTA. Thank you. If you're a part of the PTA, you know it's a dangerous place now. <laughs> If you're following news, it's dangerous because if you speak up on that PTA on certain subjects that are very sensitive to many people in the uh, a group of people in the United States of America, you could be ostracized. Your family could be dragged through the mud. Your reputation could be in jeopardy, according to the world. Another way for us to make an eternal difference is through intercessory prayer. Uh, Not all of us are prayer warriors, so to speak. But we all should be constantly in prayer for other people. And I know that I could not be doing, Margaret and I could not be doing what we're doing in Haiti without your prayers and without the prayers of so many others. And we thank God for those who daily, weekly, monthly, yearly pray for us. Prayer is powerful. Prayer does make a difference. We're talking about that roadblock that we came to. When we sat there, we, what did we do? We prayed. And we said, God, open this roadblock for us. And soon afterwards, he opened the roadblock for us. Prayer does work. It still works today. Another way that we can be involved in making eternal difference is through sacrificial giving. Romans 12.1 says we are to be a living sacrifice unto God, which is our reasonable service. And so we, we are to give our all to the Lord. Everything we, not physically, our bodies, our minds, our hearts, our, our family, our things, we're to give everything to the Lord and that includes your tithes and your offerings and your helping of those who are needy. And by doing this, you can make a difference And I know you have made a difference for Margaret and I through your faithful giving to our ministry because we count on your support as we do others. And we thank the Lord that you have been faithful and the things that you, we are just an extension of the kingdom of God in Haiti. And you are not able to be there. But maybe God is calling you to give to others that they can do the ministry of the Lord, whether it be here, locally, in the United States, whether it be abroad. So ask the Lord, maybe that's, your, maybe that's your mission. Maybe that's how you're going to leave an eternal legacy. And you know, when we leave an eternal legacy, sometimes people don't even recognize the legacy. We may not get the glory. You know, I, as missionaries, we often are, I think, put on a pedestal and, oh, you're just amazing and wonderful. and just it's, I can't believe you're doing that. And, You know, and, and, well, thank you very much for that. But, you know, it it doesn't really matter, you know, whether you're recognized for what you're doing. Whether you're recognized or not doesn't matter. I was in a meeting in Trinidad and Tobago. I love what the pastor did in that conference. He said, I want all the business people to stand up. And he had all the business people that were in that conference to stand up. And he said, you know, God has chosen you to give into the kingdom. And he honored them. He said, I honor you, you businessmen, you people who are, who, are, who are living and making money. I honor you if you are giving to the kingdom and not just meeting your own needs and the needs of your family. Also, there are those, of course, who are involved in teaching and training, and that way they leave an eternal legacy. I know that I have already left the eternal legacy. If I die today, I know I've left an eternal legacy in Haiti. I know at least over 400 men and women who I've touched their lives and through the Bible college who are doing great and wonderful things in Haiti and other parts of the world. Not counting all the other people that I've been in contact with and, and, and shown the love of Christ to and, 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 and imparted Christ to over the years, the 37 years. I can die today and be a happy man because I know I've left an eternal legacy. It's going to be ongoing because whether I'm alive or dead, these people are still serving the Lord and they will are imparting an eternal legacy to other people. They're making a difference for Christ in other areas and we just praise the Lord for them. There are guys who graduated from our Bible school who are doing greater things than I'm doing right now. They've surpassed me. And, that's, and for, us, for me, that's a joy. That's a joy. I'm not jealous. They got a bigger minister to me. Hey, praise the Lord they do. You know, and I was a part of it. Maybe not a real big part, maybe a small part, but I was a part of it. Finally, to make a difference for eternity, you need to understand your gifting and callings. And you need to ask the Lord, what gifts can I give to you besides financial gifts? We all have talents and abilities. Thank God for those who play the piano and who, who, who are able to sing and, and lead us in worship. And, and, you know, there's a thing called, what we Bible calls the help ministries. And there's those who are helping behind the scenes. And we all know, those who are in leadership in the church, we all know that there's thing, things happening here it couldn't happen without so many people doing so many different things. And, and that's that. By doing those things and helping this church, this local church, you are making a difference for eternity. You are not just doing that. If sometimes we focus on the thing we're doing. That's not a very big thing; just a small thing. You know, it's anybody could do that. You know, organize the chairs. You know, put up the mics. You know, and maybe clean the clean or whatever it may be. You know, something very simple. But. you you're doing that, if you're doing it for the glory of God and for his kingdom, then you're making a difference for eternity. So my challenge for you today is ask the Lord, first of all, am I making a difference for eternity? And when I am gone and here no longer, will I have left an eternal legacy? Thank you.
0: right would you bow your heads I just want to give you a second with that question that Roger ended with is are you leaving a spiritual legacy are you leaving a spiritual inheritance in your life and we're in in a living in a world where we're all too aware of our physical needs and the things going around us all the time and sometimes we forget where our inheritance is we forget that we're born for another world. And I just want to give you a second this morning just to ask the Lord to look at your life and ask the Lord, Lord, am I leaving the kind of spiritual legacy that I want to leave? Or have I been too focused on leaving a, a natural inheritance or focused on myself or focused on my life and all those sorts of things, and I ended up forgetting to leave a spiritual legacy? Lord, I just come to you right now and... Um, we thank you for your goodness in our life and your faithfulness in our life. And Margaret talked about how faithful you've been in their, in their ministry and in their life. And Lord, you've been faithful in each one of our lives. Whether we see it in the moment or not, you've been so faithful. The fact that we're here shows your faithfulness. But Lord, sometimes we get so consumed in the other stuff of life that we forget about leaving a spiritual legacy. And Lord, we want to leave a spiritual legacy. We want to, when we pass, when our days are done, if we were to pass away today, we want to leave an inheritance to those that come behind us spiritually. So Lord, we ask you to do something so deep in us, so significant in us, so powerful in us that we couldn't help but share you with those around us. We couldn't help but share you with our kids and with our families and our neighbors and our friends and our coworkers. Lord, we want to we leave a legacy. So we invite you to come and do what you need to do in us to make such a difference in our life that we couldn't help but share it with those around us. In your name we pray, amen. Um, Thank you, Roger and Margaret, for being with us today. If you want to receive more information from them, they have some material they could share with you. You can just stop over and see them after the service, and they'd be happy to share that with you. Have a blessed week, and we'll see you next week.